Yo, everybody, welcome back. Today on the podcast, we have fellow Montanan, professional rodeo cowboy, uh, and just a really humble, sweet guy. Um, love meeting dudes like this that are just incredibly badass and, uh, and completely unaware of how badass they are. Maybe in his deepest knowing of knowing, he knows he's a badass, but uh, just a real humble, sweet down-home guy. Uh, really enjoyed talking to him, and um, Richmond and I actually kept pretty good in, in pretty good touch throughout the tour, just checking in with each other on Instagram. I'm excited uh, to get some fishing in with him and, uh, and possibly some hunting. Um, but yeah, this is a really wild look into, uh, into what it's like to be on the pro rodeo circuit. It is wild how much these guys travel. Um, you'll hear all about it and more. Um, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Um, if you go to Onnit.com and use code Satsung, you're going to get a discount on supplements uh, and apparel. Um, the the Onnit product that I've probably been using the longest is Alpha Brain. Um, actually, after the podcast, I um, had the, the good folks at Onnit send Richmond some Alpha Brain, and, and he's been loving it. Uh, but they just dropped a new Alpha Brain Black Label that I've been taking much higher dose of uh, of everything in there and just a night and day difference like i can legit be baked like i am right now and still be like super coherent as i'm uh as i'm talking my word recalls better i just feel at it there's a tiny touch of caffeine i'm talking 25 milligrams uh but you got to try this shit uh night and day game changer on cognitive function and ability to communicate um so again go to onnit.com use code satsung they're going to give you a discount Without further ado, fellow Montanan, badass Richmond champion. Richmond champion, welcome to the Satsung Podcast, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm excited to chat with you. Like nine out of ten times on the on the podcast, I have uh, combat sports athletes um, and musicians, but usually just combat sports athletes because most of my friends do that. Yeah. You're kind of a combat sports athlete too um so shit man i guess i kind of just want to start at the beginning i my family is like uh third generation cattle ranchers here in montana um my grandfather rode saddle bronc but he was done riding by the time i was a kid you know and right. then both my cousins were team ropers so like as a kid i i definitely you know Went to the rodeo pretty regularly, but watching the bull riders and the bronc riders, I just always was like, how the hell does one get into this? Like, <laughs> so like, how, how did you start doing that? Um, I guess from the time I was eight, I, like all I wanted to do was be horseback. And so <clears throat> got into riding and that was pretty much my life, you know, just loved riding horses. And then the PBR, the pro bull riders uh, started getting really big and it was on TV all the time. I was like, man, I want to do that. Uh, like my freshman year of high school. And um, I was living in Arizona at the time. And my brother actually started riding bareback horses. Um, found about, found out about high school rodeo and started to uh, make some buddies. And so when I told him I wanted to ride bulls, he's like, well, I have friends that ride bulls. I'm sure there's somewhere around here that they buck practice bulls and you could go get on one. I was like, okay. So there we went. Um, just I can't remember the town in Arizona that 
we went to, but started going out there every week. And then uh, I started entering junior rodeos and uh, it's like my 10th bull just smashed my leg into like eight pieces. Oh. And uh, at that point, you either, you know, call it a day or you want to keep going. And uh, when I healed up from that, I was in living in Washington and just wanted a high school rodeo. So wanted to get back into it. And so I did a uh, road bulls a season there. And then we moved back to Texas and I got on another round of bulls. Mind you, this whole time I've maybe rode like three bulls to eight seconds. And this whole time I've been on a lot of them and it's not working out. Um, and then one day is like my summer before my senior year, my brother was still riding bucking horses and he's like, man, I'm going to go get on some practice horses. You want to come? I was like, sure. I'm going to get on one too. He's like, yeah, right. I was like, no, really, I want to. He's like, okay. So he, they put me on this little bay horse that just hopped around in a circle. And I loved it. Like from the, the second I climbed down in the buck and shoot, I was like, this is so much better. Like, I like this. And then, Familiar, huh? Yeah. And I don't know, like, I think I like the aspect of just, it's just a fight. Like it's all, it's just pure aggression. Like bull riding is very much like a give and take a dance. Like it's matching move for move. And bareback riding's a little more raw and just a, a, a fight. So <laughs> I guess the part I'm curious about is like, one, there's so many parallels. So I've been doing various mixed martial arts now for a little over five years. So I'm purple belt in jujitsu. Um, and I always say, man, like you definitely hit this point where like I've torn every ligament but my ACL and my left knee. I've torn my MCL and meniscus in my right knee. Have a neck injury that will never leave me. Broken fingers, broken my nose, broken my orbital. Um, and it sounds like there's this, uh, this similar thing that like what some people would call dumb, I would call persistence. That's like, nah, man, I just, I wanna do this thing. And like a logical person would have their legs shattered and be like, okay, cool, man. I think I'm gonna take, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm gonna take up roping. Take <laughs> that know? one off the list, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> um, but what's it like the process? So there is like different levels of horse. You're not just like, all right, man, I'm gonna get on this fucking monster and see how she goes. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, basically like I've been doing it for 10 years now. So, um, <clears throat> basically like the nice, easy ones we call hoppers. Um, and then you have like your kind of souped up hoppers that have like, they're just a little juicier, you know, they're, they're just as fun, but they've got a little more power to them. And, um, and then there's the TV pin, which is from back in the day when they only used to really televise a couple rounds of the finals. It was always the fifth and 10th round. So it was like the best of the best. Um, and they're the ones that you can be 90 plus points on. Um, and then there's semi eliminators. They're ones that are definitely, if you stub your toe, you're going to have, have trouble with them or they'll buck you off. And then there's the eliminators, which are just, just dragons. Um, they're strong. They're unforgiving. They're, they know what they're doing and they know how to use their, their body and they, they buck hard. Um, those are the ones that, they get your blood pumping, uh, you know, definitely. Those are the, the ones you, you don't really want to draw, but when you get them and you ride them, you feel like a freaking man. Yeah, I would imagine. So, and these horses are just bred to be monsters. Yeah, and, you know, they're, you could have the buckinest stud and then the buckinest mare, and it could throw a really nice horse. 
you know, they're, they're almost freaks, you know, they're, where, where'd you come from? This thing is unreal. Um, and yeah, the, the, the stock contractors that own on these things are taken care of like immaculately. Um, they only get like eight or nine trips a year before we ever take them to the finals, you know, they're, they're babied and, um, they're worth, worth a lot of money too. So, you know, yeah, they're, they're an investment on their end. So they train to do that or are they just like, they just don't break them. They're just like, no, man, you do your thing. Don't let anyone get on yeah. you and we'll just be nice to you. You know, from the time they're every, every contractor is different. Um, or, um, producer, they, uh, like some will buck them at two years old, but like a dummy on them just to get them to feel it, you know? Um, and like, it takes a little, a few years, you know, when the, when the time they're, the time they're six or five or six, they're pretty settled, uh, as far as like what they're going to be like. Um, but I've also seen a 15 year old horse that was just pretty common just switch. And now it's, you know, one of the best horses going down the road. They're, they're individuals, you know, they're, it's all in their blood completely, but you know, a guy, you know, a guy might, this horse hasn't been that good. He sells it to somebody else. And that thing is next thing you know, is at the national finals, you know, they're, they're animals. It's crazy. That's half of the fun. Yeah. That's super cool. So, you know, a lot like a common thing in fighting is what, what we'll do at our gym is if we have someone that wants to fight and we think they're ready to fight, you start booking amateur fights for them. Right. Like if, if someone's like, I want to do this for a living, you have this, this, Nice period where, A, you get to find out if someone really wants to do it for a living, but B, um, nothing in your amateur career really matters because it doesn't count against you. So, like, A, when did you decide, like, no, nah, man, this is what I want to do. I want to I do this professionally. And B, what's that transition of, like, okay, I'm going to do this professionally? Um, I got on that first horse in July of 2010, and I – I bought my, we have what's called a permit um, in pro rodeo. And that's kind of, it's kind of that amateur card. Um, you can get into a lot of these pro rodeos. You can ride against the best guys. Um, you have a chance of getting on the best horses. But until you win X amount of dollars and fill that permit, you can't proceed to your card. Uh, and it, it'll get you like any money you win will get you to your circuit finals like a smaller finals um but if once you buy the card then you're eligible to go fully pro you're getting into the biggest rodeos you can go to the national finals all that money you win counts um so i i bought that permit january of um i guess that would have been 2011 damn you went right out <laughs> and then, yeah, so it was only a few months after I got on my first one that I bought my permit. And then 2012, I went ahead and bought my, um, my card. So that was my rookie year. And then it's nonstop ever since. <laughs> so does it, um, does it go season by season or is it kind of like fighting where like your record continues to follow you no matter how, how far along you go? It's season by season. Um, yeah, every year, basically every year. Well, for instance, the see this twenty twenty one season is over, and twenty two has already begun. It starts October first, so I have no ranking in twenty twenty two because I haven't been anything. Um, 
but that's just because I made the finals in December. So I'm going to use this time to train and heal up from the season and, and get ready to go <clears throat> to the national finals. And then starting January, we're all back at zero. And that's exciting, man. So I got to make up the ground. Yeah. So. so everyone starts from the same spot at the beginning of the yep. season. Man, that's yep. cool. So you said training. So, yeah, what – what does that look like? And I can't even imagine what recovery is because you ride in the heat of the season. I would imagine in the summer you're riding almost every weekend. Yeah. Uh, almost every day. I'll, I'll get on, Woo. you know, close to between 100 and 150 horses a, a year. Uh, and probably 75 to 85 of them are in the June to September uh, time frame. Um, like just the last rodeo of the season was in Salinas, California at the tour finale. Uh, a couple weekends ago and we got on if you made it all the way through you got on five head and four days so you know it's just every rodeo is a little different depending on how big it is how many you get on so you might enter one rodeo and end up getting on like if you go to calgary you get on if you make it all the way through you get on six head you know so it's just a lot of a lot of animals a lot of wear and tear um but yeah so basically season ends for me i take two weeks and just do nothing no I might, might go for a walk or a bike ride or, you know, just something active, but nothing real hard. And then now, um, now I guess I'm four days into my programming uh, for the lead up to the finals. And it's, uh, I've been working with the same trainers out of Canada um, for four years now. So we've got it pretty dialed in, you know, we made a lot of changes over the years and, um, it's it's nice to have that which you know just as well having that confidence in your training before you go into a fight is is everything and yeah i don't even, don't even have to think about it anymore i talk to them weekly and you know if i want to change something or i'm sore here you know it's it's a balance between because i don't really have an off season you know i'm two weeks off is not an off season no that's not an off season. <laughs> training for the next thing no but it's uh yeah just a lot of like Right now, it's a lot of building speed and, and mobility and stuff like that. You know, that I feel like the strength's always there. You know, plus you add adrenaline, you know. Yeah. I'm, so, not, I'm not concerned about a horse overpowering me. It's more about being fast and agile. Yeah. So what is recovery like if you're riding that much? Or do you just not get recovery? <laughs> um, it's like, you know, if I'm usually like I'll do like, 20 minutes, you know, outside the camper in the parking lot, you know, just get the roller out, get the mat out, do some just activation stuff and get a little sweat going. And that, that usually takes care of most of it. And like every day, you know, I'm sorry, we just show up, drop our gear bags, get on, sure. you know, we're doing, I, we all have our own warm ups and carry bands in our bags. Like I'm, I'm pretty well soaked with sweat before I ever get on. Um, just you yeah, know you feel pretty good as far as aches and pains you you've been sore and had to fight you know you just you block it out and you get you get through it um becomes normal right like i don't know what what good feels like <laughs> yeah yeah you know man as i like you know i competed in grappling um as a white belt and then just because of touring you know i'm a full-time touring musician so like taking fights just 
isn't in the card for me. COVID would have been a hell of an opportunity to do that. But of course, there wasn't fights going on during COVID either. But we train. I actually just kind of had this this realization about a month ago where I was like, man, I'm not fucking 22. You know, like, or I used to like, I'd go in and I would train so hard. Like, I mean, dude, I spent, especially the last two years being off. I just like made my life like I was in a fight camp. You know, I put on 30 pounds. I was training every day, like through injuries, the whole thing. And then, yeah, it just kind of finally hit me like, dude, I don't even get paid to do this shit. Like, yeah, what the hell am I doing, man? <laughs> and all these other kids that are 22 that just, they don't have shit else to do. They're just like, oh yeah, well, I got done wrestling in college. So now I come here and fight you guys. Um, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, there's, there's something about this the sport especially jiu-jitsu that i just love and i can't stay away from but yeah i mean that is uh i know that feeling yeah the past five years of my life is it's like yeah dude i don't i might not always be injured but i'm always hurt you know, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know something yeah. <laughs> something nobody something always hurts yeah. um so besides that that bull riding uh incident have you had had any any bad injuries to put you out um uh tore my meniscus and had to have that cleaned up once um tore my mcls both of them a couple oh, of times that sucks i've done that that's a, and that's, that's a just what and the worst part about that one is it's just tape it up and go and try to let it heal when you can um i've been really fortunate um you know broken hands and stuff like that but you know a couple of cases of whiplash stuff like that. I've been really, really fortunate to, you know, not have anything really drastic happen. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll not <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, and, and it's funny you say that, like, you know, these 21 year old kids for us, it's, you can buy your card at 18. So we get these badasses out of high school that are, you know, on college scholarships and they can ride. And, and they can't, can't get hurt. They can't. You get can't hurt, hurt them. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Yeah. You know they could. They can go out to the bar all night, wake up, go to the gym, and then get on and beat your, you know, kick your ass. <laughs> it's like. Well, so uh, yeah, I want to ask about that because that there's got to be an interesting mix of that. You know, like I think most people that take even just jujitsu that take just that serious, their lifestyle kind of revolves around it. So most of them smoke pot, but they don't drink um eat fairly well but because they're like you said dude they're training every single day so like you can't really be hung over and train like it just yeah it won't work it doesn't work um so what's kind of the culture like because i remember growing up man it, i definitely didn't feel like i was in the presence of athletes um and i watched some stuff on youtube and i was really i thought it was so cool to see all you guys you guys were at like some school and like, and like you said, it was like, you were rolling yourself out. There's another guy with bands. There's people doing different stretches and warmups. And it was like, yep. it was cool to see. Cause I'm like, dude, in my opinion, fuck a human. Like you guys are strapping yourselves <laughs> on. So like yeah. a, a human's predictable. Um, especially if you're playing the same game, you know, like you guys are strapping yourselves on to monsters, you know, like, I mean, even, even like a cutting horse you look at and you're just like damn dude you were just raw yeah. power beast yeah 
So it's cool to see that you guys approach it in that way. Is that kind of the, the culture around it? Is that it's you guys, yes. are, you guys are athletes. So in the last, when I started, it wasn't, you know, it was still kind of that drink and fight and love and cowboy deal. Um, and I want to say like five years in kind of this new generation, my age guys really started showing up and I, I had probably one of my best years in 2014 and I was just like, I was working out when I wanted to, I was 21, you know, I was, I was the 21 year old kid. It didn't matter. I was yep. just having fun. Um, I could ride hungover. I could do all of it. And, and then in 15, I tried to carry on that way. And I post best year of your life thinking things are just going to happen. Well, all those guys that didn't have the best year of their life been busting their ass. And I got my ass whooped that whole season. Didn't make the finals. Had to go down there for endorsements and sit and sign autographs. And you just feel like imposter syndrome so bad. You know, you're just like, sure, I made it once, but this is terrible. And then you got to go into that arena and watch them compete where you know you should be. That lit a fire for me. So that was basically the turning point for me. I was like, yeah, you can have fun, but like everyone else is working at this now. And now, man, I think most guys have a personal trainer. They've got their own massage therapy. They're in cryotherapy. They're doing stem cells. They're, you know, we're, we're, none of us have coaches. So it's all basically, we all kind of, we're all really tight knit groups. So we'll just, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, don't give up all your secrets, but definitely helping each other out. And I, I think it's really evolved into, we, we have definitely evolved into athletes more so than, than that wild idea of a cowboy. Um, but you have to, you know, especially the, for longevity, man. That's the thing is like, you know, every, before it was like, Oh, 10 years, 15 years. That's a really long career, you know, for a bareback rider. Well, we're the first group that's really trained for it. So I, who knows how long a career is now? Somebody asked me that. I don't know. I feel pretty good. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and like all this, all the stuff that you mentioned, you know, that has been, I feel spoiled, you know, because I, I, in the past couple of years, have had the financial means to do all the shit, you know, yeah. the, fucking, the dry needling stem cells. Um, you know, when I hurt my neck, I had three, um, three different surgeons say that we needed to do surgery right away. And then I met this integrative therapist that was like, nah, dude, you definitely don't want to go put metal in your neck. Like, um, but then after that, I met this guy named Brigham that runs this company called Ways to Well. Um, And man, some of these compounds and peptides that are out there and, and mixed with stem cell therapy. I mean, dude, I had a torn, I had a grade two tear in every single ligament in my left knee. Like, and my my PCL, they were like, if you look at this thing wrong, it's gonna snap. So like for real, man, no fucking. Hanging on by a thread. Yeah, they're like, no training. Like, we can do surgery, but we could also wait. And if you're smart, so I started taking this BPC one fifty seven, and I went and got stem cells, man. And I shit you not, like standing, I couldn't do, uh, like I couldn't raise my heel to my butt standing up. It was like it felt like my knee was on fire anytime I did that movement. Two weeks, three weeks after those stem cells, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, and then like a month and a half later, I was doing squats and 
lunges and was just like, oh shit, okay. So, yeah. um, and and I've seen you know my friend Justin who fights in Bellator. He had a had his labrum and his rotator cuff done. He got stem cells two days after surgery. And then when he went in for his three week follow up, they were like, man, you're at like three, four months of recovery. Like, what the hell did you do? It's like, man, that's wild. You know, especially yeah. for, for fighting and what you do where it's like, no, dude, if I'm not competing, then I'm not, yeah. you're not getting paid. Exactly. Yeah. No. And when every, when you have to be nodding your head to make money, you know that, and it's funny you talk about that. Like, I feel like in most sports, moving away from the night is like a huge thing right now. It's awesome. You know, like you break a bone, sure. Go get that thing put back together and, you know, let it heal. But most things like there's so many options nowadays that you can explore that can keep you in the game and keep, you know, for longevity reasons, you know, keep you in the game longer. You know, you might have to sit out a little longer to let it heal the right way, but you know, it's going to, it's going to pay the difference, you know, down the road for sure. Yeah. It's wild that that used to just be like the go-to, you know, and I think there's still a lot of surgeons out there because I'm sure they want to get paid, but you know, like, yeah, dude, you talk to an old wrestler, they've had 15 different surgeries, you know, or any yeah, yeah. of those old MMA guys, it was just like, Oh yeah, this is messed up. You need surgery. And, um, you know, I train with a guy who is an absolute animal. He doesn't have any ACLs. Cause they're like, you know, what do you do? So he tells them like, Oh, well, I'm a grappler. And they're like, you know, luckily he went to a good sports guy who was like, yeah, man, unless you're like a running back where you're like cutting all the time, like you don't need it. ACLs, you know, yep. like, make your exactly. that you don't need them, which is yep. a crazy thing. Cause I, I even remember in, you know, in high school sports, you know, where someone would tear their, tear their ACL and it was like, Oh shit, he's done for a year. Yeah. You know, it was like a whole huge deal. And now they're like, eh, no, you're good. Yeah. You don't need that. <laughs> you know? that'll buff, that's going to buff out. Yeah, yeah, that'll buff <laughs> out. <laughs> so what's the process like? Um, do you have like a manager or like an agent or someone? that? So it's all you. It's all me. Yeah. So how does um, um, like sponsorships and, and shit like that work? I've, I've been really fortunate just to be in the right place, the right time, meet the right people. Um, and like, I only have three, three endorsements, but I've had them pretty much my whole career. Um, and it's just, they're, they're family now, you know, um, there's a lot of guys that are patched up, like just loaded with them. And obviously would love to definitely open to having more, but it's like, uh, I don't know, like. It, it's not the end of the world to me if I don't have you know, Dairy Queen on my shirt. You know, sure. I, I I like to have companies that like that I like. I like the product. I'm not just wearing the patch just to have, you know, some extra money. Yeah. Um, I guess like like when I first went to my finals, I was kind of I took everything. You know, my first time when you make those commitments man you've got photo shoots you've got autograph signings you've got you know different things you have to do and all this you know at a certain point like my time became more important to me than than just you know having that recognition so i just kind of stuck with with my key few um but unless there's a, a product or a company that i really like or mesh with you know then i definitely 
open to, you know, giving that time to them. It's just, we're, uh, our sports never had that, like that agency or that kind of like build. So everybody's kind of just taking what they can get. So it's really hard to get your value out of a company that can go to the same, go to a different guy and get them for a lot less. Kind of yeah, feels, what's hard, so. hard too, is with it being you, you know, like in music, I'm, you know, I'm blessed. I have like a six person team that speaks on my behalf. So it's like, you know, even if my agent has to like, you know, rough up some dude over the phone to get <laughs> something, I'm, it's not you don't me, look man. Like, you yeah. don't look like, yeah, you he's, don't look yeah. like an asshole. Yeah, yeah, it's like, he's just doing his job, man. I'm happy to play. I'm yeah. happy to be here. Um, yeah, man, that's, I want to send you some on it stuff on it sponsors this podcast. And, and that was how I felt too. You know, I was talking to a guy for a while, um, that finds sponsorships, uh, for podcasts. And I kind of was like, you know, man, I, if I'm doing an ad for something, I'm the same way, man. Like I want to be like, you know, I've been using on it stuff for fuck four or five years. Um, yep. So yeah, I'm the same way. It's like, no, man, I, for me, it's, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just telling you like this shit works because I've been taking it and I'm, you know, I'm super stoked on it. And so when I'm doing an ad, I don't feel like I'm doing an ad. I'm just like, here's some shit you should be taking. You're not pitching anybody. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell people from my firsthand experience, I would be interested for, for you to try alpha brain, man, especially like writing like the the focus factor of that shit is absolutely bananas like it's like a like a pre-workout type no so they just made a new one that has a little bit of caffeine in it alpha uh alpha brain black label but it's a bunch of different cordyceps and stuff it it was kind of what built on it as a company um so there's like cordyceps and all these key ingredients that improve focus and stuff like that um and they had it third party double blind placebo tested and across the board it showed improvement of like word recall focus flow state really? yeah man it's super easy you pop a few of these pills it doesn't you don't even notice that you took them like for me um the biggest times that i've noticed it sweet i don't even have to do an ad for this podcast i'm doing it right now <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the biggest time that i noticed the difference um before I do podcasts, my word recalls there. I don't find myself saying, um, a lot. Um, and then on stage, man, you know, I never forget words. I'm not like, that'd be, that'd be huge for a musician. Yeah. And a lot of times, man, on tour, it becomes so repetitive, um, where I could be in the middle of a song and being like, all right, we're going to be in Seattle tomorrow. There's a really good ramen spot by that venue. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking playing a song, you know, and I'm like thinking about what I'm going to eat tomorrow at load in. Yeah. Um, and I found whenever I take the alpha brain, man, it just, that doesn't happen. I'm like there, I'm present. I'm in, in the, the moment, moment the whole time. Um, yeah, That's dude, awesome. I'll, I'll get your info after and I'll send you some. Cause I, I, I would be interested to see if you, if you notice a difference, everyone that I've given it to my manager is like, fucking hooked on it now man it's just like, <laughs> dude i just blast through my days now um and like i said it's cool too because it's all these ingredients it's not like a pre-workout which you know i pretty much run on caffeine too but um yeah, yeah it's not like that that makes you like jittery like okay let's, jittery. Fucking, let's get on this yeah. horse let's do this you know like <laughs> which which can be a detriment too yeah. you know um so how i wanted to ask you how do you know grayson uh we went to school together when we were, I want to say seventh grade. And then I moved 
the next year to Washington and like kind of every once in a while as social media grew, we'd check back in. And then uh, I forget, I don't know if I was following him when he was in his fighting career and uh, <clears throat> just kind of started hitting him up and like asking about what he was doing. And um, then I was going out to a, an event in Chicago and he was living there. So I just hit him up. I was like, Hey, we're going to come in. We're coming in a day early to check out the city. He was like, we'll show you around. And so when I hung out with him, hadn't seen him in forever. Um, and then, yeah, I guess known him my whole life, but just yeah. kind of recently, like definitely more in touch, but he's yeah. a sweet dude. Yeah. He's a gem, man. He, um, Dude, yeah, it's a good to talk about the injury thing. What's funny is him and I, you know, I had him working with me for over a year. You know, he did every single photo and video for our last record. So he was coming out here intermittently and he'd stay with me for two weeks and then he'd stay with me for a week because he was doing this documentary. And fuck, man, we had one, I think, four day period where we were both healthy and could train together one of us was always in yeah literally yeah when he when he when he came out to finish this music video last winter he's like yeah man i land at 1 30 i was like cool i'm gonna pop to the gym and and roll for an hour and i'll pick you up and that was the day that i tore every ligament in my knee yeah so i literally went picked him up at the airport was like bro i'm not getting out i can't help you with anything but good to see you. <laughs> you know so like of this whole music video where i'm kind of standing in one place playing because it was you know my knee was fucking size of a watermelon um but yeah man he's uh he's an ace man he's one of my best friends um and yeah what a small world um so so you're here in montana now how long you been out here uh moved here in 19 May of 19. Um, yeah, you, got, just, you picked a good time to move out here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Down, uh, it's, I don't know how it is over there, but it's crazy down here in the Bitterroot. Like, COVID brought everyone out here. Yep. But I yeah, it's love a, it. It's, it's a, you know, I've been here 12 years. I was born, born in Billings, but I've been here in Montana 12 years now. Um, I live in Red Lodge, so I'm down in the Beartooths. Yeah, man. It's same. Did you go to the rodeo this year? I didn't this year, man, because I had a friend coming and we rode motorcycles. Um, do you nice ride that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, man. Next That's year, next one. year we'll have to hook up for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's wild. It's um, you know, I love this state so much, and I and it's uh, yeah, it's been a really weird thing to watch because you know I didn't start making enough money to even afford a house until about three years ago. Um which at the time I had to pay off the van that we tour in. And then, you know, I like, okay, you know, start playing the game of, all right, I'll, you know, I'll tell the government what I made. And then was like, Oh shit. Well now I owe y'all 20 grand. And yeah. Um, so COVID I had no idea that was going to happen, but yeah, I mean, down here, there is uh, you know, there's a section um, back that I've always wanted to live in, which my buddy Ivan has a ranch that I help out on every week um where you used to i mean if you had 250 you could get 20 acres yeah there's single acre plots like there's an acre out there for 250 this is 1.66 acres for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. no water on it no septic no nothing and it's like you know i guess the blessing out here is there's so many um you know 
212 runs that road that runs right down the middle of Red Lodge on both sides of that you can't expand because they're multi-generational ranches and those guys aren't right. selling shit yeah um, which is great but it's also just this weird stronghold of you know I know the Bitterroots used to be that way too where if you had you know a minimum wage job you could afford to live there and it's like yeah. we're, the thing we're struggling with here is there's no one to work at the fucking restaurants. There's like, I don't know how they're going to staff the ski hill this year because it's yeah. like, when I moved here, my, my first house, one bedroom house was $500 a month. You know? Damn. Yeah. yeah ain't, that, crazy. ain't that way anymore. No, that's like, we were looking just out of curiosity, just kind of looking around at the real estate here just to see what like the houses we looked at in our price range in 19 versus what that price range would get us now. It's like, it's unreal. Like, nope, I'll find somewhere else to move to. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it just wouldn't work, you know? Well, what, what as far as like, um, are you guys seeing, because here we're seeing a lot of people come here and buy second and third homes. So like, there's this whole beautiful section uh, called Palisades Basin um, on the way up to the ski hill and all these gorgeous homes that sit empty 50 weeks a year. Is that kind of the vibe I, I out would there imagine, too? I would imagine that we have quite a few people just buying up winter homes or summer homes, whatever. Um, but then we've got a ton of new builds. Yeah, like same. Bought the land last year, and now they're just popping up houses everywhere. You know, and if it's, you can tell people have bought a lot that, you know, the COVID deal messed up the build, so they've just got their, their camper and a porta potty out on their land. Yeah, you know. Yep. Just making it work, which is, yeah, got to do what you got to do. But it's just, yeah, it's just wild. Like even just looking out my back window, there's like four houses that weren't here in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It'd be interesting to, to see, you know, the big conversation out here is always, I'm not opposed to people moving here from out of state. What I'm opposed to is people moving here from out of state and trying to make it like where they came from. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And like, I, I can't talk like I've, I've been a transplant. This is my, I think, eighth state I've lived in, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's the people that don't value what Montana is and has already that, that make you worry and get, get everyone frustrated. I think, you know, uh, if you came here for a reason, like, yeah, enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, Yeah. I guess I just got to make more money to buy my ranch. I should have had more money and I could have bought up all that land and nobody had houses back there. Yeah, man. And I think too, you know, it's, it's a hard deal too. Cause you see, you know, people that have scraped by their whole lives that probably bought a house for $80,000, you know, in the early nineties. And then they find out it's worth a half a million. You know, yeah. someone's like, shit, I could retire. If I sell this house, yeah. I could retire. So, it, you know, it's such a, it's such a weird catch 22. Cause I've talked to those people too, that are like, look, man, I've worked two damn jobs my whole life. I have an opportunity to make half a million dollars and quit working. Like, exactly. you know, like I'm taking do what you want to do. Like, yeah. Everyone's got to do what they got to do. It's just, it's, I feel like, especially for like you've been here your whole life. It's hard to see yeah. the, the change, you know, like I said, I've been here for, two years, three years, and just my road has changed. You yeah. Know, it's just, it's like, damn. Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens. What I think will, will happen here in the state is that there'll, there'll be hubs, you know, like, like Bozeman is really, um, 
with adding that addition to the airport, I think Bozeman is going to be like a Salt Lake City. Yep. You got you got Big Sky and uh, and Bridger Bull right there. So I'm like, as long as y'all stay on that side of the Bear Tooth, we're cool. You build whatever the hell you want over there. Yeah. But yeah, man, I you know every time I'm in Colorado, I'm always kind of it's so wild how beautiful some of those landscapes are. And there's just like strip mall, strip mall, subdivision, subdivision. Yeah. I'm just like, man, this would have been so cool if you would have done this differently. You know, you could have made yeah. it at least like a bunch of cool mountain towns. Exactly. Yeah. And like my brother just moved to Greeley. Um, and I went down there, I just stopped him. I was down there at the stampede this summer and hung out for a couple of days. And like, it's just so packed. Like every, yeah. even when you go to the mountains, it's packed. Yeah, um, which is still beautiful, no, yeah. no question. But it's definitely a lot different feel than here. Yeah, yeah, and that's the biggest thing too. Is like, you know, I went fishing for the first time on the Gallatin this summer, and I saw probably ten people that morning yep. that I was fishing, and I was like, "What in the fuck is this?" You know, like in Red Lodge, man. If I see somebody hiking on a hike, I'm like, weird. You know, yeah, especially exactly. fishing, dude. If someone rolls up on one of my spots, I'm like, how the hell did you get back here? You know, yeah. like, how do you know yeah, about you're this? You're not supposed you know? to know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I we're blessed here. And I think the era, because you're in Stevenson? Stevensville. Or Stevensville, yeah. So you're kind of, yeah. you're south, south of Missoula and all that. Yeah, like 40 minutes from, from Missoula. And, like, it's funny you say it. Like, I don't even fish on the weekends anymore. Like, I love, like, but that's the beauty of my job is most of the time my days off are like Monday, Tuesday and everyone's at work. So I've got the river to myself, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, that's a cold shitty day. You really want to go out there? Yes, I do. Yeah. A lot of people thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. So yeah, man, that's a good, that's a good segue into what, what do you like to do when you're not, when you're not riding? Obviously uh, fish. Fish like to a dangerous addiction. Uh, yeah. And then golf pretty much and hunt yeah i haven't got i haven't had the chance to really get out here um and hunt but like i'm getting ready to go on a week-long hunt in idaho with my dad yeah stuff like that um yeah golf is like that's how we kill days on the road too you know just stop and play keep the clubs pretty much clubs in a gear bag in the truck and we're pretty content um and skiing like love winter sports yeah and that's been like Coming yep. from Texas, like being able to be an hour and a half to a ski hill, so awesome. Yeah, man. Red Lodge, when we get snow, man, there's never a lift line. There's not like it's different out here, man. It's like, yeah, you go skiing in Colorado. We we played in Aspen a few years ago, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna bring my shit. You know, they're like, oh, we'll give you. We're playing the belly up. They're like, we'll give you a lift ticket. I was like in a line. I was like, what the fuck is yeah. this? You know, <laughs> like what is this about? Exactly. Not skiing. Um, yeah. yeah, dude, you should come down and ride this winter, man. This it's a fun mountain, man, especially that backside. Yeah, it's a high speed quad. So it's the like your legs are still burning when you get off the lift, man. It's Shoot, yeah. Yeah, you can burn out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a I had I've been planning this hunt. I just got back from from an elk hunt. And I've been planning it. I've been shooting a bow for two years. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go on an elk hunt until I'm like confident. Yeah. So I got obsessed this summer, man. Um, but what I didn't do is like practice shooting from my ass. 
practice shooting from like my, you know, like just awkward angles that you would find yeah. yourself. I was like, oh yeah, man, 60 yards. I can hit a can of Copenhagen. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With no stimulus, nothing in front of me. Like, yeah. So yeah, I went and I was out for four days and took a shot on a bowl and hit him in the shoulder. And he was a huge six point bowl, hit him in the shoulder. When he turned around and ran, he got to the top of the hill and I had those light up knocks. And the arrow fell out when he got to the top of the, it was fucking devastating, man. And the ranch that I was hunting on is once you draw blood, you're done. You're and done. I, yeah. And it was, it was crazy, dude. I've never felt, um, <laughs> I've never felt that sort of tragedy in my life. And I've gone through some terrible shit, but for something, for some reason in that moment, I was like, I want to break this bow. I want to break every <laughs> single one of these arrows. Like, two years of preparation for this yeah. one moment you know and <laughs> my buddy was like yeah man but when you get the shot and you can think for the past two years I was focused on this one shot you know I prepped my spot I like I did everything right and that's how I got this meet I was like yeah. all right I'll come back next year we'll try again yeah you know <laughs> like and I, that's something like I want to get into bow hunting I, I love shooting my bow I just never haven't really gone after it and I feel like that'd be the most humbling, like whether it goes bad, you're humble or it goes good. You're still humble. Like that's a, that's a feat in my mind. It is. And, and the other thing that was wild is I've hunted for the past few years, rifle season, still cool. Um, I'll, I'll go out this rifle season when I get back from tour. The thing with bow hunting that is so wild is like, they're so fucking close, man. Like, I spent four days where I had a couple shots that I couldn't take because I, we couldn't risk spooking the herd and fucking up their pattern. Right. So it was like, dude, I spent hours like in between two trees with elk 15 to 40 yards all around me, bulls fighting. Like it is wild. And then like being in a spot and you can hear like a big bull bugling and then you're like calling them in. Cool. And you can hear him like running through the sticks and you're like, shit, is he just going to pop out right there? You know, <laughs> yeah. like it is, uh, it's nonstop. And it is, um, it's just like any hunting. There's that like sitting and waiting, but man, the moments of the like, Oh shit, is this about to happen? The There's, highs like, are really high. The highs are very, very high. And it's just funny too. the, you know, the first day, um, I believe it might've even been that same bowl. I was behind this tree and he was at like 20 yards and I just was like shaking and like, Oh shit, here we go. Here we go. And just like stupidly drew and popped out behind this tree. And he looked at me like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so this, there's this constant learning going on, but it's, it's also just this, like, I mean, you feel like a ninja, like that shot that I took on that bowl, you know, I like, he's like water and I was laid flat on my back and drew and then sat up and it's just like, you don't even know I'm here. You know, it's just like such <laughs> yeah. It's it's different, man. I highly recommend it. There's um, there's a guy that we go with every that I went with this fall that my 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 coach has been going with for years. And this ranch uh, is out by Big Timber, man. And it is, it's different. It's not like, man. I hope we see some elk. It's like, I hope we see some elk that are somewhat separated so we can take a shot. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's a it's a trip. Um, so what? you said you're getting ready to start the 2022 season here pretty quick. What is, what's, what's that look like for you? Um, basically once the finals over, it's the, 
the national finals is the second through the 11th of December. So we'll ride all 10 days in a row. And that's like our Super Bowl. And then I'll take, I'll take most of January off and just kind of do the same thing I'm doing right now. Like give it a week, couple weeks, heal up, and then start get back into a little bit of training. And, um, and then we'll start, depending, there's a lot of rodeos still trying to come back from COVID. Um, some are, some never stopped. Some definitely were impacted and they're, you know, trying to get the, the wheels turning again. So we usually would go Denver. It's a bunch of big indoor rodeos. So we'll go to Denver in January, Fort Worth, uh, end of January, big beginning of February, San Antonio, um, just big indoors. Um, and then I'll go to like a couple small rodeos in between there, but it's like, it's, it's one of my favorite times of the year because I get to go to Denver and I'm there for three days. And I get to go to San Antonio and I'm there for a week. And then we go to Houston and you're there for a week. So you're not just like Bob. Yeah, it's not just like the summertime where it's like you ride, grab your gear back, throw it in on, you know, like in the summer, it's not crazy for us to hit two rodeos in the same day. Like, like when we work Red Lodge, (laughs) I hit, I hit Red Lodge. I'll hit, well, you either hit, you can hit Livingston, Red Lodge and Cody in the same day on Sunday. If you have, I think if you have a plane, you can do it um yeah it's just madness like one year I did I rode in Belfour, South Dakota at like 1 30 rode in Oakley Utah at seven rode in West Jordan Utah at eight all in the same day you know wow. so it's like that's the madness but I mean in that day you can win 10 grand Whew. you know like if you if you ding them right and um that's like I don't know but like the winter time's just nice because you can bring my wife and yeah. You know, everyone, everyone's in the same spot for a few days. So you're hanging out, you have dinner. Um, yeah. So I like guess basically there's, there's some rodeos you can go to right now I could enter, but there's not, you know, the, the risk and reward thing for me in there, yeah. you know, and, you know, healing up and I'll like, I'll use this time. And then like middle of November, I'll go get, get on some practice horses, just some solid horses that I know and then knock the rest off and then, give it a week, have Thanksgiving and go to Vegas. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's like reverse for us. Festival season is when it's kind of chill. Cause you fly in somewhere for a weekend you're playing where it's like, yeah, no, I can, I can relate to your lifestyle, man. Cause for us, it's almost hard, you know, to talk to my family when I'm on tour. Cause it's like, what'd you do today? I'm like, well, I, f- I fucking woke up in a hotel and then I got in the van and we drove for six hours, unloaded all of our shit, sound checked, ate food, played a show, went to a hotel. And then I'm doing that tomorrow. And then the next day too, for six <laughs> weeks, <laughs> you know, 100, like 100, no, nothing 100%. is changing. Nothing is changing yeah. in my life. Yeah. Like the first year I, me and my wife were dating, she'd text me in on the summer. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you asked me that question <laughs> one more time, <laughs> what'd you do today? Uh, same thing I did yesterday ate road drove slept in a parking lot (laughs) yeah man man so much respect for what you do man I like it's funny I was joking with my bass player when I was telling him I was having you on I was like I was like man there's like there's some similarities to what we do but at the end of the day I'm playing my guitar and singing for people and he's got to hop on fucking an animal that was built to get him off of it yeah, but I mean, how long are your sets? Ninety minutes. Yeah, I mean, you're you're putting out a lot, like, which like in college I lived with uh, musicians and 
rodeo cowboys. So like we would disperse on the weekends, everyone go to work, come back, party Monday through Wednesday, yeah. split again. Yeah. Uh, but no, okay. I definitely like there there's a ton of similarities and like what you like having to constantly put out that much energy yep. for people. That's it's not like I don't have to talk to anybody. I can just yep. I don't if I don't want to, I just go show up, take care of my business, get on the road. You know, there's definitely a difference in in uh yeah a how lot you spend of, the energy, but yeah, a lot of playing and, and a lot of answering the same questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah, man, when we when we made this last album, um you know, I had finally been left alone, you know, because I had five, five years where I was touring nonstop. So I feel like I was being kind of influenced and stimulated from, from being out in the world. And when COVID hit, I got two full years at home to do all the shit that I did before music, to fish, to hunt, hike, yeah. climb, and do all the stuff. So everyone was like, oh, man, you know, like the big question was always like, oh, man, it sounds like you're going more towards like country sound like so what what happened i'm like well y'all left me the fuck alone for a minute and let me you know let me yeah. settle back into my life you know yeah um, for sure. what kind of music you listen to everything like you can't drive that much and have one one yeah. genre uh i was actually flipping through your your stuff on spotify and i was like he's like there's a little bit of everything in here like, yeah you, you could listen to all this and never really have the same the same feel or genre in any of it yeah it's um it's uh I, it's our greatest weapon and our greatest hindrance because like you know like if you make a if you're a reggae it's funny my one of my good friends is the the lead singer of a reggae band called ayatera and we're always comparing notes because our bands are about the same size and he's always like, man, you just do whatever the fuck you want that's so cool like I would give anything to be able to just be like yeah no, no I make what I want like it or not and I'm like, yeah, dude, but if you put, you know, if you make a record, you know, you're going to be on the reggae charts. They know exactly what playlist to put you on. They know exactly what festivals to put you on. People look at us and they're like, okay, so like the fan base is predominantly hippie. This dude is wearing fucking boots and a hat. And there's a pedal steel player yeah. and a banjo on stage. So like, what the <laughs> fuck is really going on here? You know? So I, I like it, man. I take great pride in that of like, being weird, you know, just like, oh. you know, it's not uncommon to me uh, for me to have somebody holding pads in the back or Grayson and I will fight each other in the back whenever he's at a show. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So I love it. The new record, the last record all right now is like kind of a love letter to Montana. Um, so, so now that you're here, next time you got to drive through the state, throw that yeah, on. Cause that, that's, listen for sure. yeah, that's what it was for. Um, well, dude, thank you so much. Uh, for hanging out with me and taking time man it was um yeah it was cool to get a glimpse in your world i was so curious because like i said man growing up i didn't you know i just my cousins didn't really talk about it it was always just like oh yeah we're at it's rodeo season just like, okay see you when i see you you know yeah. like <laughs> um but yeah man uh real grateful you took time and yeah i would i'd love to have you down uh if you want to go skiing or something or we should definitely get on some fish you know i'm yeah that'd be awesome it's an easy drive for me to get up there, vice versa, you know. So yeah. um, best of luck to you in your season, man. And uh, and once shit settles down, man, let's try and get on some water. Let's do it, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care, bro. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, yeah, man. 
I'm back home. We're getting ready to go to Texas. Um, the timeline on these is all different because I record them when I can between kids and now we got to move and all this shit. I kind of record them sporadically and then re release them in, in the order that I see appropriate. But um, yeah, um, I'm really excited about the podcast. Um, I'm excited to be home for a good chunk of the winter and, and get some interesting cats on here. I know a lot of interesting cats. Um, some of my best friends that are really interesting. I'm really excited to get on and have them share what they do. I'm excited. I'm going to have my coach on at some point this winter, <clears throat> uh, Will Grunhauser. I'm going to have Brady, um, the founder of Go Fast, Don't Die. Um, so, yeah, got all sorts of interesting shit up my sleeve. Um, yeah, that's all I got, man. I will, uh, I will talk to you all soon. Be good to one another. Drink water.